back with the Bargain Binge Boys. I'm Ray. I'm Payne. I'm John. Today is our, well, we should start by saying Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, guys. <laughs> Today is our Halloween special. Spooktober. And we went Spooktober. <laughs> Happy Spooktober. <laughs> we scoured all of our films to find something Halloween appropriate. And we landed on a collection of movies that John already owned. Yeah, so um, <laughs> so Lost Boys, the original Lost Boys, if you've seen it, great film from the 80s. One of my favorite movies, but I wanted it on a DVD because they didn't have it on Netflix or anything anymore. But the cheapest way to get it instead of just buying it alone was to get it in a box set with like some of the lesser Lost Boy movies that they made after. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those. Lost Boys, The Thirst. Uh, the yeah, third in the series. Yeah, this is Lost Boys 3, The Thirst. Thirsty! Uh, starring Corey Feldman. They got one of the original boys back in the picture because i looked up lost boys too i don't think he was in the second one oh so that's they, what happened they recollected him mm. um thursday baby so, bring it over here yeah we got uh lost boys 3 the third starring Corey feldman what do we think this movie was gonna be like before we saw it <laughs> oh I, I okay i'll start first because i've never seen lost boys one at all so i had no idea what this was about and i was informed right before that uh lost boys is actually about vampires and stuff and i could have sworn it was definitely like an outsider's type movie just boyhood you thought and, this was gonna be about some thirsty boys um lost boys the thirst uh it, it could have been just off the title alone it could have been their lost in a desert had you just never heard <laughs> of lost boys no i've heard of lost boys but i'm talking about I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just a group oh, of boys walking wait, on a railroad. That, that kind of movie. Some thirsty boys in a desert. They need some water. <laughs> yeah. Or some thirsty boys. Like they got boy, so, I'm, boy, I'm thirsty. The series could have been about boys that actually get lost. You know what roll. So, like, they got lost in the desert. I'm so Each serious. Each movie deals with the first one, Lost Boys, the is them. Is the, yeah, the, the show. They're, they're hungry. When they first get lost from the, the house. The second movie is just them being hot. And then the third movie is them being thirsty. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense, bro. Yeah, so this is um, Lost Boys 3, The Thirst, directed by Dario Piana, who we like tried to look him up. I think this is the only movie he's directed. Can't find him on IG, man. If yeah. anybody knows, let us know. <laughs> we came across another guy who's like a DJ. We knocking on his door. But we haven't been able to find it. But I'm going to go ahead and read the um, uh, the quick summary of the movie while I play the, the menu, <laughs> the music from the DVD menu in the background. So, uh, when ambitious alpha bloodsucker disguises vampire blood as a designer drug a bid to claim the entire planet in the name of the undead. It's up to Edgar and Alan Frog. Bro, let me read that job, bro. Oh, you want to read it? Let me read that job, right. right? I'll let you read it. All right, let me y'all tell you what it's about. Play that music louder, man. Alright, so look. Y'all ready? Lost Boys and Thirst. When an ambitious alpha bloodsucker disguises vampire blood as a designer drug in a bid to claim the entire planet in the name of the undead, it's up to Edgar. Alan Frog, don't know who he is, to fight for the future of the entire human race as the blood moon shines brightly in the midnight sky. I ran out of music. Oh, you gotta sing that by yourself now. The fearless vampire killers leap into action, armed with enough tailor-made weaponry to blast a demonic beast into oblivion. Rated R for strong, bloody violence, sexuality, and I don't think, I don't, I don't language, <laughs> and some I don't drugs. Think the ratings and everything like that. <laughs> Genre, horror. All right, we're done, Brandon. <laughs> this is what happens when you let Brandon control it. We, we let Brandon get that brown. That may have been a mistake. <laughs> we're, sticking, we're sticking with Bob. We'll see you in about an hour. Nah, man. It's just time to have a good time, man. <laughs> All right, so this, the movie opens up. Um, who who wants to talk about how the movie opens up? It opens up with a shootout in the White House. 
Is that what we, we the, can infer? The White House labeled, um, what was it? It said the other murder capital. <laughs> Implying yeah. vampires. We think the second one was about uh, something with government in the White House. Yeah, so none of us have DC. seen the second, but uh, we have the senator and the congressman. Yeah, we have like an old man senator in a wheelchair. They give him some like vampire dentures. They have a congressman tied up. The reason we know this is because... Um, they very clearly say senator and congressman when they interact with one another. That's like, why we know this. Y'all supposed to be working together. But yeah, so he's about to suck the uh, the congressman's blood. But uh, this is the scene where they introduce us to the Frog Brothers once again. The Frog Boys, Alan and Edgar. Edgar from Edgar. the original. From the yeah. original. If you haven't seen the original, you should really watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah, so Edgar and Alan bust in. Bust in the door, you got that quote? Yeah, I do have the quote, because they, they bust in, and we get our first quote from uh, Alan Frog. Holy shit! <laughs> they, they break in, and they immediately just start opening fire on the vampires. It went from serious to absolutely, like, bonkers, <laughs> and it was like, you know, well, this is the tone of this it starts, movie. So, yeah, it starts off kind of creepy, and yeah. then you're just like, oh. This it's is like, a, oh, this is that kind of movie. This is a and this is how movie. we find out that it's a center car, because, uh... Corey Feldman, Edgar here goes, um, sorry to ruin your party, Senator. And then the the, the tied up guy goes, Don't worry, Congressman. <laughs> yeah, the, the the way that they um open the scene is like super corny and campy, but it's very like shootout blade trinity matrix kind of mixture of things with like slow bullet time and vampires jumping at them. But yeah, it's starts with just like an all out brawl in the White House. And then while Edgar is like preoccupied, Alan is getting infected by one of the vampires it's what like about poe cia i thought about that too edgar Allan poe <laughs> there should have definitely been a poe in this movie yeah maybe part two is about their cousin about poe, poe or something their third <laughs> brother i thought i literally right before you said it i was like edgar Allan yeah, poe that's crazy you said it earlier i thought yeah. you were talking about him um yeah so the first scene shows alan uh edgar kind of turns around and he sees that alan the blood of the guy that alan's fighting has gotten into alan's mouth and then he slowly turns into a vampire and this is where Corey Feldman wakes up from a nightmare, and he's. This all actually happened though. Yeah, Alan yeah. is a vampire. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a nightmare, but it's a flashback of a real mission that they went on. But at this time, we didn't know that. We were like, oh, okay, weird dream sequence. And then he wakes up to that that Bugs Bunny. We should have we should have recorded that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it about, it's, it's Bugs Bunny and a vampire talking, and he's like, I am a vampire, and he's like, well, he's a, abracadabra. He's abracadabra. I'm an umpire. It's a classic Bugs Bunny episode. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with that. Oh, you've seen that one before? Yeah, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. It's too many. He kind of wakes up, and he's just in, like, motorhome, and like, he's got, trash kind of guy. He's got this glorious wig on. It's oh, like he, the whole movie, he's got... They're trying so hard to be like, this is the guy from the original one, guys. Yeah, I'm going to say by the end, Same I totally here. stopped thinking about I the wig, I stopped thinking about the wig, I stopped thinking about the wig, They, they tied it up yeah. and helped, but originally, it's just like flowing down. It's just so obviously a wig. I don't know if that's really what... Yeah, they went ponytail towards the end. I don't know if Corey felt really going through that scene. in real life. I think maybe... <laughs> he's done a lot you know he he's been through a lot he's done a lot well yeah you were he's telling me he like exposed like the molestation of yeah, child molestation, actors in Hollywood yeah, which I didn't know I knew he was a child actor and that there was like some of that going on but I didn't know he like led the expose on it, it might have yeah, been like so, the first Weinstein or first it, it, like it was known like type that. of Weinstein it was like that but for child actors yeah I remember all of it with like Macaulay and stuff like yeah, that so he's, yeah so he's yeah, going I, through I didn't know he led the charge but yeah, so um, he wakes up from that to a knock on his door because they're placing an eviction notice on his door, and they're letting him know that the land that he's on uh, is like basically like this isn't your land and you can't live here anymore. So you got to like pack up and move your things. 
and uh, basically the government's like infringing on his lifestyle, to which he replies, "Vampires," <laughs> <laughs> which at first I was like, "Huh?" But then yeah, John, John's I, I, I had to explain it. Blood sucking, uh, government. Blood sucking leeches. But um. Then we get the intro scene. Yeah, which, which was great. I think we were all getting into that. They yeah, we were, like, we, I was shocked. I was like, this is like a cool intro scene. Like, it, it has like the shots of like the blood spraying on the white wall interlaced with the rave scenes where we get our first looks at DJ X. And then like comic books, because comic books is like a big thing in the Lost Boys movies. Like different comic books of vampires and things like that. And they're kind of like planting the seed of like, all right, rave parties, DJ X, people doing drugs in the raves, which comes into play later as the plot unfolds but they're kind of just like planting the seed on different things and letting you know how the movie's going to unfold but yeah like right away i was like okay because the budget's 4.4 million and you kind of see it when the intro starts you're like all right they didn't like make a trash intro they actually went ahead and spent some money on making their film but uh yeah after this this is where they like kind of give us our setting what was the name of that city san san cordoza or something like that it's like a fake i mean it might be a real but it's like a california like beach town Oh, San uh, San Cazador. San Cazador, yeah, and they're like letting us know like this is the uh, where they're gonna be like basing our story out of. They show like the missing posters and everything on the wall, and then it goes to the comic shop, which is the comic shop from the old. Yeah, it's all it's all throwbacks to the yeah. original because it's the missing person signs and then the uh, the comic store and everything. Yeah, Edgar's uh, selling his comic books to try still, to get some money the, what they're trying to play is like <laughs> edgar never really grew up from his original character yeah still the same kid he's like he's like um haggling with the owner of the comic book store like saying oh like i'll give you this for this and he makes mention of like the batman issue 14 yeah, which was like the big 14. thing from the first lost boy i didn't catch it at first though of that movie yeah. but i don't think people are really remembering that oh yeah. it was batman number 14 in that conversation when did the first but- one come out again Uh, late late 80s yeah yeah it's about 30 years bro or it's about 20 years well i think the the only people who are watching this movie aside from people who are randomly doing a podcast is people who are fans of lost boys so i think you've seen it it. enough times that you like catch the things like oh batman 14 and stuff like that but uh this is where uh we get the first interaction with edgar and zoe who zoe becomes one of our main characters but yeah zoe's like the nerdy girl that also works at the comic book shop she kind of intercepts Edgar on his way out and is like, oh, you're like selling your comics? And he's like, yeah, they're like trying me on the price though. And she's like, oh, well, I can put them on eBay. And Edgar's kind of like, huh? <laughs> he doesn't know what eBay is. This movie came out 2010, right? Like yeah. eBay is a thing that's like flourishing. That's his character really trying to play though. He's yeah, stuck, he's just a kid. stuck in the past, a stuck in his kid, ways. Yeah. He doesn't like fun. He doesn't like the internet. I mean, the whole stuck in the past kid thing, I mean, Corey Feldman in actuality. Ooh. I guess I thought about that. I we was don't like, need to, we uh, don't need to go that. Was deep he playing here. himself? <laughs> kind of. Corey Feldman, <laughs> starring as Corey uh, Feldman. Pedophile vampires. It's all an yeah. allegory. <laughs> oh man. Damn. A little bit, yeah. But this is the. Um, they're they're kind of just talking about the comic books and everything. You like say that. little bits. And I said little bits. Little bits. I said we're, they're they're talking about the um, uh, vampire comic books, and we get the first shot at Johnny Trash, which is kind of random. He kind of just walks in and is like. I'm looking for the uh, graphic novels. And she's like, you mean comic books? And he's like, no, ma'am, I'm not a nerd. I mean graphic novels. <laughs> and uh, his he turns out to be, his name is literally Johnny Trash. I have in my notes, shout out to Johnny Trash. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot why I wrote it, but shout out to him. Johnny Trash here, he's like a social media like party promoter. Yeah, internet so, vlogger guy. Yeah, so the vampires yeah. are trying to use him to get more people to go to the rave so they can, you know, turn them into vampires. Yeah, so um they're kind of just like 
sowing the seed that he's like famous internet douchebag guy um but they have their little interaction and that's pretty much it he kind of gives zoe the comics to throw him online and then he kind of dips and goes back home and this is where he gets approached by gwen who is our other female main character uh we don't know who she is at first but she kind of approaches cory feldman and she's like hey i know who you are you're one of the frog brothers you saved uh the day and she like names the town from the first lost boys presumably the town from the second lost boys and she goes in washington dc which is like our clue that like okay beginning of the movie wasn't a nightmare it was a flashback and these these all like all really happened um she's kind of like saying well i kind of i'm like i need your help and he's doing the thing where he's like i don't know who you think i am lady but you got the wrong guy and he's like trying to brush her off and she's supposed to be like the sexy character of the movie yeah yeah she's like the she's dressed like sexy librarian girl she's like got glasses and clothes on the type of girl where you're just like later they're gonna like make her take her clothes off which they do very quickly (laughs) but yeah she she comes into the trailer and like very early on we were like looking for twists i thought she was gonna be a vampire so i was like being paying very close attention to how she like asked to come into the trailer because of the whole like pointed that out he definitely she definitely revealed it early yeah, where yeah, she's like, like you crazy. have to invite vampires in, and we were like trying to pay attention. And to And then her she words. goes like, "So are you gonna invite me into?" She doesn't say invite. She says no, like, "She's like, can I welcome? come in?" And yeah, talk? are you gonna welcome? Are and you gonna like, come all right, talk? fine, you got two minutes. And she comes in. He she, slips up. Yeah, he slips up. She uh, shows him a photo of like a young white boy, and she goes, "This is Peter. He's my brother, and he's been kidnapped. And uh, I think he's been kidnapped by vampires." And I know what you do and what you're famous for, and I need your help. And he's like, I don't really do that anymore. And he trying to kind of tries like to get her to scram, and she's like, Listen, I know what you do, what you are, and I know you're probably upset that you couldn't save your brother. Which like in the beginning we show that quick clip of his brother becoming a vampire. Not becoming. They didn't make him a vampire. They just kidnapped him and hooked him up. No, no, um, Corey Feldman's. Brother. Oh right, right, yeah. Yeah, she bad. tells him she's like, I know, I know you couldn't save your brother in DC um implying that like we saw him become a vampire but like i thought they were saying like and now he's dead um but yeah she kind of does that whole scene and he she he's like thinking about it and she's like i'm gonna leave you my card he doesn't want to take it and she places it on the counter so then we cut to the uh the first rave yeah yeah the raves are what they're using to basically get their victims so one of the things that she explains to Corey feldman while she's in his trailer is that they're using these raves to like get people hooked on drugs but rather than getting them hooked on actual drugs, it's like a fake drug. It's disguised as a drug, but it's vampire blood. Yeah, vampire blood. And that's a callback to the first Lost Boys where mm-hmm. they, they drink um, the wine that's really vampire blood. That's how they turn Michael, one of the main characters, into a vampire. Yeah, this one they're like following the whole rave culture thing. And it's basically like kids dropping like Molly and stuff in the club, but it's actually vampire, vampire blood. blood. And uh, I put notes for a good story and originality for that. Um, a lot of I thought that was a really good idea that they made that string between like drugs yeah. and vampire blood. Most of the plot of this movie, I, I was like shocked. I was yeah. like, this isn't this isn't the worst. This is like a good plot. Like I uh, like full disclosure, I ended up really enjoying this movie, and I thought I was gonna like go in hating it because we saw that it has like a zero percent Rotten Tomato score, thirty four percent audience score. I was like, oh, this is gonna be trash. And like I came out of this movie, it's probably one of my favorite ones we've seen so yeah, this, far. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> my favorite. I thought it was a good, good movie. Um, while they're going to the cutting to also, the rave yeah, scene, also the yeah, rave scene at ten minutes in this movie, we see our first partial frontal. Oh yeah, they go they go hard with the naked girls at the raves, which I mean it's raves. You got to make it realistic for the mm-hmm. kids. 
Um, this movie's like, uh, as you heard in Brandon's little voice over in the beginning, rated R for nudity. Which uh, this movie Brady didn't. R. Like, I don't know why they said, like, this movie didn't need it. It was a good movie on its own. They didn't need to add that in. The yeah, when, when I saw that in the beginning, I was like, okay, this is going to be like, like the over the top, like raunchy, like, yeah, vampires and boobies. Like, just like that kind of movie. And I was like, okay. But it like, it was just, that was just like happenstance. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. a big thing in the movie. They didn't like zero in on it. They didn't like even have like crazy sex scenes or anything. They were just like, you know, gotta throw them in there, get get the young boys to the theater. At a certain point, they're gonna cut over and show us Stephen, who's the boy that she came, her brother, that she came with the photo of, and they're showing us Stephen kind of being like first abducted, or I guess he's already with them. They're just kind of showing what's going on with him right mm-hmm. now because it's not a flashback. She's already told Corey Feldman yeah, about happened. everything. I think it was happening. Well, actually, I don't know. Yeah. No, they, they, maybe they, they showed just, it when she was like talking to him. Is it while she's talking in his trailer? They show what. Yeah, he's basically he's like kind of making out with a girl that later is revealed to be a vampire. But she gives him some of the drug. He takes it and he's like kind of tripping on vamp vamp blood a little bit. It throws me off. It throws me off a little bit because it's like he got lured to that room. I mean, it, I think he was just like party goer, dude. Hot girl brings him into a room taking drugs, and he wasn't really thinking about it. Because after he takes the drug, big bald vampire guy comes over with a needle, needle to the neck, and they, like, kind of knock him out. And, like, that's, like, the last that we see of him. And um, she's just kind of explaining everything that's going on to Corey Feldman to kind of get him on board. But this is how they're luring people in. They're bringing him to the rave, telling them that it's regular drugs that they're doing. And then once they have him, they're kind of creating their own weird vampire army. And the guy who's leading the charge is DJ X, who's like the the rave DJ that's at these events. He's kind of orchestrating the whole thing to get all the kids at the party by playing all the hippest and hoppest music. Hippin' and hopping, and they tell us he's the alpha vampire. So he's, yeah, so the, the he's, reason he's that the, the head of like all vampires in the world. Yeah, the reason that the drug is so strong is because it's based on the blood from the alpha vampire. So basically, the the cure to this would be taking out the alpha, and then everybody who's been infected is going to be okay. Uh, the next thing that we get is the Alpha and his whole squad, and they're in an airplane. It's a callback to, you were telling me, it's a callback to the original one where Kiefer Sutherland and all his boys kind of fly in. Yeah, where like they, the in the stuff. first scene of the original, they, yeah. they fly in and attack somebody, but this one, they, um, they, they jump dive. out. Yeah, they jump out the plane and they land on the runway. Yeah. And so the main in. crew, uh, we'll go through the main crew because they're going to come up little by little as we go, but DJX is the leader. We got two female vampires. There's one that looks like Paula Patton, and then the other one with blonde hair. <laughs> I don't remember anybody's names. Yeah, and then we have big bodyguard, bald uh, vampire. So like they're the main squad for the bad team. They're all diving out of the airplanes, and while they're in the airplane, you see Peter, who's Gwen's brother, kind of like hooked up to like some IVs, like if they're drugging him consistently to like keep him uh, under their control or whatever. They all kind of dive out of the plane and land, like, in an airfield, like, where the airplanes are. I don't know. But they kind of, like, drop down, and they're, like, showing up because this is where the next rave is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they land down, uh, who's waiting for them but Johnny Trash? <laughs> Johnny Trash. I don't know how he found out the vampires were landing at that airfield. How did he find that, that out? That might be a plot hole. I don't know. But Johnny Trash is waiting there for an interview. And he's like, uh, DJX comes down. Because DJX, aside from being a vampire who's creating an army, he's just like a famous DJ. He's like the Steve Aoki of this universe. Like Pretty he's much. Like the like girls and everybody are just coming to the party to see him. So he's like, hey, man, I, I need to get an interview, and I'm not leaving until I get an interview. And he's like, all right, we'll give him an interview. Like so many red flags are happening. He's like, step into my office with like 
three vampires surrounding him. Uh, Johnny Trash gets in the car with them, and he just like abides, and he's gonna give Johnny uh, or uh, DJX just abides, and he's gonna give Johnny Trash an interview. Uh, while that's going on, we cut back to Corey Feldman, or Ed, I'll call him Edgar Frog because that's like his mm-hmm. character name. But Edgar uh, goes down, and he's like in this weird like underground basement. Yeah, like taxidermist stuff, yeah. which is a callback to the first one. Their grandpa was a taxidermist. That was like mm. a big thing in the first movie. But that makes sense. They do a lot of that. Grandpa Frog. Yeah, so there's like taxidermy, uh, um, like pets and stuff laying all around, and there's like blood in the bathtub, and like pretty instantly I was like, ah, I see, Alan's not dead. Uh, They go downstairs, and this is where his vampire brother Alan like stays. Now that he's a vampire, he kind of just stays like he's a shut-in, locked away, underground, hiding from the sunlight. I would presume. Mm -hmm. Probably Uh, he feeds on the animal blood. That's how he survives. Yeah, he's like cutting animals open. It's a good. I mean, it's a good way yeah. to keep the taxidermy business alive. You get an animal, you feed on it for the blood, and then you don't waste the carcass. You create mm-hmm. some taxidermy with it. It's a good open-ended cycle. Uh, but basically, he's kind of just coming to him and being like, "Hey, this girl Gwen came to me and told me that her brother's been kidnapped oh, by vampires." He's the chupacabra. Oh, he's a chupacabra. He's the <laughs> I knew he looked familiar. <laughs> you don't damage the body. You just take the blood. Is all you need. <laughs> I know he looked familiar. He was in your. Uh, I know him. In your front yard. Yeah, I seen him before. In Did the it streets. look like him? Yeah, I just thought he looked familiar. I was like, yo, I seen this dude before. <laughs> some, some and I know I never seen this run movie. Run your front yard on all yeah, fours. Yeah, on all fours with his back growing like little hairs. <laughs> <laughs> it was the weirdest. No, I'm just talking shit. <laughs> Keeping it going as hard as you can. Uh, he basically is just trying to get Alan on board. Um, he's like, you know, this guy, if what she's saying is true, this guy's poisoning people with this vampire blood. And if we kill him, like, we can end all of this. So we can even, like, bring you back. And Alan's really not with it. He's like, I mean, we're just going to go through this over and over again. We're going to kill that guy. And then we have to kill the guy who's more important than him. And it's going to, like, keep going forever. And he's like, no, man, if we do this, like, this could be it. And Alan, basically, the whole point of the scene is he's saying, like, he's not basically with the smoke. But the shocking thing about the scene is, like, I thought all the acting was, like, great. I was like, mm-hmm. this is all right. Yeah, it was very, very believable. Yeah. It didn't seem crazy. And when his brother turned around and had the uh, eyes, it was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. It's like thriller almost. Yeah, most of the scene, I was like, all right, these guys kind of know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, so they, they use that point to kind of, they're, they're still cutting back and forth with the interview with DJX. Um, he's just like doing basic stuff like yeah everybody come out to the rave tonight we're gonna have a good time he's doing his interview with johnny trash johnny trash finishes his interview closes up his laptop and he's like oh man that was great thanks for the interview i really appreciate it and they're like no no no, thank you what is the drink line he was like what do you guys have so what do you guys have to drink in here (laughs) because it's like you and then like (laughs) the vampire kill him of course yeah, he just yeah, became have, like, like the splatter on the window. Yeah, like <laughs> like he bit him that hard he that became, he squirted. Yeah, did we all think Johnny Trash was gonna survive? No, he didn't. No, nah, he didn't matter enough. <laughs> as soon as I met him, I was like, this guy's dying. As soon as I immediately. met him, immediately. But yeah, the next thing that we have is uh, Edgar. He ends up going the. He takes the the car that she gave him, and he goes to Gwen's like hotel room where she's staying at. He kind of walks in on her in a robe, so this is like the first time that they're letting you know, like, all right, here's where the, here's where the naked Gwen comes. And the in. robe gets dropped. She's not naked, but yeah, no, she's, she's in, in her, her underwear. Um, for the whole scene, for the entire scene, like, well, because like at, at first she goes to the next the room time. and they're trying to like be like she's coy about it, but then like mid conversation she just walks out. Yeah, and it's just like, huh? Having, she might like, be a, a model. She looks like a model. 
Yeah, um, like the skinny, so tall I, model. I looked her up. She has an accent. I thought at first she was doing an Australian accent. And then I was like, maybe this is a fake accent because it didn't sound fully Australian. And then I was like, yeah, it sounds kind of African. And that's when John like was like, oh, yeah, all the names in the opening credits are like South African names. So I looked her up. She is South African. Her name is Tanit Phoenix. But that was her name at the time of the movie. Her current name is Tanit Phoenix Copley, which I, I had just told you. Charlotte Copley is like the guy who kind of like brought South American acting to a big thing. Oh, she's related to He's you? So they're married. That's Charlotte Copley's wife. That's He's crazy. the main guy from District 9, the bad guy from Elysium. He voices Chappie in Chappie. He's an old boy. He's Murdoch in the A-Team. He's like a very popular actor. He's great. That, that's why I recognized him in the A-Team. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Oh, that's the guy, wow. That's the guy from I did not Nine. realize it was the same person. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, that's, so they're married. I didn't realize you that. Oh, good for him. So just like, yeah, he's killing it. She's super attractive. So, yeah, so that's Shalto Coplay's wife. But Shout out to South Africa. Yeah, the setting of the movie that we looked up, the filming locations were in South Africa. Which we were talking, like, not to fall off track too hard, but we were saying, like, Corey Feldman's kind of, like, blacklisted because of all of that stuff. And that's why I was saying, like, you might as well do Hollywood, like, basketball, where, like, if you're, like, blackballed from the NBA, like, Stefan Marbury or something, you're like, yeah, I'll just go play ball in China. Mm-hmm. Like, you might as well just go, like, make South African movies. Like, you're Corey Feldman. They're not going to not accept you over there. But th- this is the scene where he finally, like, lets her... He gets all the information on her. We find out that she's an author of vampire, like, romance novels. Yeah, like Twilight stuff. Yeah, so he's, like, kind of letting her know. He's like, yeah, I've read your books before. And she's like, oh, yeah, really? What'd you think? And he's like, they're terrible. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> he's like, you're you're glorifying vampirism and trying to make them sexy. Which is the first time we see this movie be self-aware. We'll see it pop up more times, but it's like... Yeah, shockingly enough, they were like, yeah, no, we get it. We're not, like, we understand what the vampire culture has become. Uh, after a conversation with her, he kind of is more willing to be a part of it. And he, like, lets her know, like, all right, I'm down to help you. And he lets her know, like, his one stipulation if he's going to help. And I have that clip. Edgar. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to need weapons. Lots of weapons. Lots of really expensive, custom-made weapons. Well, of course. Come in. <laughs> so, uh after after he decides to take the job we cut to him like with his like makeshift weapons at the house do you remember that scene where he has like a sandbag set up with dracula's face painted on it <laughs> and he's like using all of his vampire killing weapons what was that gun you the best one was a uh it was a potato launcher that shoots holy water um water balloons yeah, the, whole, the use of holy water in this movie is fantastic. Amazing. They do such a good job. The he also, he also has it. these like nunchucks um, that are like garlic nunchucks kind of and he's like using them to Which like was, it, people It's around. good though because it's super memorable from the first movie is they use um, their kids and they're using squirt guns with holy water. Yeah, it, it so, seems like the natural evolution yeah. of like the potato launcher and everything like that. But he pulls up to the hotel where Gwen is again and he's like, all right, we're ready to do this and she's like, good, I'm like forming a squad that's going to help us. And he's like, well, who else is on the squad? And this is where we get introduced to Lars and Klaus. Lars von Getz. <laughs> yeah, so Lars von Getz is a reality TV star. Uh, and he kind of he doesn't believe in vampires. He's only on board because he's like going to film this for his like reality TV show of like vampire hunting. But he's like a douchebag. He like has a past relationship with uh, Corey Feldman, which like I looked him up. This is the only movie Lars is in, so like I guess we're just supposed to infer that they have some kind of relationship with each other. But he kind of like tells Gwen like this douchebag like this is the guy that we're gonna help get on the mission, and she's like no Lars is like he's legit like he's like strong he's gonna have our back on this one and his cameraman who's like discount Danny McBride 
His name is Klaus, which I think his name's Klaus in real life, right? I noticed like in the actors. I mean, why not? Why would yeah, I noticed in the actors somebody's name was Klaus, and then they said his name was Klaus. So I was like, probably the dude, probably the same guy. But yeah, this is the whole thing where they're um, slowly like unfolding who the team is gonna be, and we get like a short scene with Gwen and um, Corey Feldman in the car, where she kind of seems like she's into him. I don't know. They they're doing this kind of like underlying thing where she's kind of attracted to him and he's kind of not having it mm-hmm. i don't know. i don't fully understand what they were trying to lay down but they're definitely laying it on thick the next thing that we get is him actually visiting the grave of what was that uh, kid's name the actor in real life Corey Haim. Corey Haim, yeah mm-hmm. main character of the original um lost boys sam Sam, yeah. So they they kind of like have a little cutback flashback, which if you didn't remember the Batman issue fourteen thing, this flashback will remind you. Uh, he takes the Batman issue and he walks over to the grave of Corey Haim's character, and he like they show like little clips from the original movie, but he kind of runs over, like touches it, and he's just like I don't know, like a weird like just reminiscing moment where he leaves the issue of Batman like on his grave. Uh, this is where he goes back to the comic shop. And it's I don't know he kind of starts using it as his like base of operations. I don't know why they never really explain why. That's well, that was the case. in the original. Yeah, but I mean, like with, I mean, it's not like he's with his brother or anything. I mean, I guess he just went there to go there, but he feels safe there. Um, Zoe is there, and they're kind of just like looking through um, vampire stuff together. So while he's there, he's like kind of letting her in on everything that's going on, and he's like. Uh, we're looking for this drug and djx is actually a vampire who's like trying to create an army of vampires and she's mostly on board she's also interested in him like mm-hmm. all, all the ladies love Corey feldman in this movie uh but uh while they're doing that they're doing the research and everything and this is where we get like the first vampire attack on like the main characters because a uh, hoodie vampire comes in and attacks zoe um i'm trying to remember is this the first time we see like a disintegration I mean, besides the uh, the first scene in DC. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we've seen the DC ones. She gets attacked by a vampire and has mace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, holy water mace. Yeah, and we don't realize it's, it's holy water at first. We just think it's mace, and she like holds it up to the guy's eyes, and he's like, "What are you gonna do, mace me?" And she ends up macing him in the mouth, and it, it yeah, it's holy it water mace. Him, it messed him up from the inside. Yeah, he he like slowly disintegrates. Extremely smart. Like the things that they do throughout this movie, including the end when I don't want to get to it so quick, but when Corey does this thing, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, the holy water comes back around in a really cool way. Not even it. it, It's the holy water, but it's like their thought process. Like the fact that they are so on top of their vampire knowledge is crazy Mm -hmm. to me. So um, I, I do have the quote from after she sprays him with the holy water because it's a pretty funny one because how, how quickly he, he's done to the situation and changes the subject for our uh, segue into the next scene. Mace? Holy water. I feel like pancakes. <laughs> so matter of fact. Uh, the, the next scene is just like a little powwow scene where they're at like a diner eating pancakes and she's like which I mean, are cutting that scene is just a completely unnecessary zoom in on oh, some yeah. more on some uh, waitress boobs just non-stop that's like the one thing that this movie is like letting you know like we got we got some pretty hot girls on set guys uh, south africa's coming up yeah south africa's killing it um maybe not though i don't know <laughs> they might be that's they got a, some, they got a lot of issues some attractive there. girls in here they got a lot of issues in general so uh the the next scene that we get is a shot of peter the guy who's 
Gwen's brother, they're like showing a little bit more torture scenes of him, but uh, Paula Patton looking vampire is kind of like has him captive and he's like trying to get out. And that's it. It's just like a scene to like let you know like what he's going through. She kind of like has him captive. Over the pancake scene with Corey Feldman and Zoe, she's like, well, we kind of need like artillery if we're going to like fight these guys. And he's like, yeah, I know a guy. And they're, this is where they're going to introduce us to. Was it Blake? Yeah, the congressman. Yeah, but basically it's the congressman from the opening scene. I'll let let John talk about him. Now he's like a uh, conspiracy type, like, that he makes all the vampire weapons for him. So this is a pretty cool scene. He's just showing him off, like, all the new hardware and everything. Um, And it's all upgraded. It's not all that homemade potato launcher stuff anymore. It's like actual grenade launchers and all kinds of stuff like that. But our uh, second fight scene here, they get ran up on in their bunker the problem is it was after they moved all the weapons into edgar's car so they have to improvise yeah he's showing them all All the weapons are pretty cool too one of them is like a grenade launcher that launches a mixture of holy water and garlic one of them is like a weird uh like landmine that like shoots out stakes Mm -hmm. that like would probably like pierce someone's heart but yeah they, they load all that up into a car so they don't have any of it on them anymore and they get surrounded by vampires which this was another scene where Brandon was specifically saying, like, the way that it's written, it's smart. Because there's the whole, like, you have to invite vampires in thing, and but they don't come in. Yeah. They're trying to force them out mm-hmm. by, like, burning the house down, which is really cool. Because the, the, first, the first one that comes up is blonde hair vampire. She, like, runs up to the window, and Corey Feldman kind of, like, pulls her in through the window. And, like, that's how he, like, ends up fighting her. He, like, forces her inside. But, yeah, they start burning the house down to pull him out. And just to say, I have that even written down too, like the vampire knowledge, as far as the realism and accuracy, I think they did a really good job at like not really having any like weird plot holes as far as vampire lore. Yeah, I mean, if if the if vampirism and all that stuff is to be believed, like the way that they ground it is like pretty yeah, I think that's pretty. Dope. I don't think there's anything that they do where they're like, oh, but they forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I like the the writing for the most part, especially yeah. that scene where they're like introducing you to all the new weapons and stuff that they'll have. Uh, and that yeah, in that scene, he like shows them a, a motorcycle that he's been working on. He's like been working on this motorcycle for like five years. I've been building it, and then uh, Zoe activates that like proximity mine, so he has to like throw it, and it like destroys his motorcycle. And they're just like yeah, uh, but yeah, they're like all out of weapons, and they like fight that ambush scene. Uh, but basically, this is just the scene letting us know like, all right, Congress guy. Oh, that we should mention the the bomb is created by the Greys. There's, like, that whole subplot where, because this guy was, like, a congressman, um, governmental guy, he, like, knows secrets about the government, and he, like, went off-grid, but he has, like, postings on his wall of, like, werewolves in this city, and he's like, yeah, this technology for this bomb was, like, created by aliens, and Corey Feldman's like, well, thank the grace. Like, I don't know, he he just has, like, access to alien technology, and everybody's just fine about it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they defeat this ambush by... The congressman gets up on the roof and gets on this uh, crazy turret that shoots out wooden stakes. Oh yeah, the stake turret. It's yeah. pretty cool. It was pretty cool. The stake turret's awesome. That's what I was saying. Like the design of a lot of a lot of the weapons are pretty crazy. But yeah, he gives his little one liner after um, <laughs> the firing on them with the the stake out turret. Say hello to old painless. Now that's what I call a stake out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're very witty. The writing in this is just like very weird. Yeah, some of it's uh, it's supposed to be like uh, silly, like campy one-liners, but like none of them are trash. Like they're all like pretty funny, and I was just like, all right, this isn't too bad. Um, the next scene that we get is the full meeting of everybody on the team. So uh, 
uh, Frog and Zoe kind of go to this dock, and that's where they meet Lars and Gwen. They're, like, on the boat. Lars is, like, doing push-ups, and his cameraman's just, like, filming him. Gwen's on the boat, like, half-naked again. And we get, like, kind of the clash in between her and Zoe, where she's like, what is this girl doing here? And, like, they kind of don't really like each other for no reason, I guess. Other than they're supposed to be at odds. I mean, they're vying for uh, Edgar's affection. Yeah, they're both vying for Edgar's affection. True. Um, But, yeah, they're kind of just going through the plan of how everything's going to work. And Lars just once again, like, solidifies that he doesn't believe in vampires. And that, like, he's going to film this for his reality show. But you guys are all crazy and I don't believe in any of this. Uh, and then they're, they're kind of just showing us, like, everybody showing up for the rave. That's where we get Centurion hat guy. <laughs> he was, like, <laughs> on his way to the rave with a full Centurion helmet on. Uh, but uh, they all meet up at the beach, and this is, like, their plan of operations where they're going to set up, where Corey Feldman is giving everybody their weapons, telling them what their job is and what they're going to be in control of. And he gives, like, a pretty <laughs> uh, lengthy monologue on the super soaker gun that he's going to give to Lars. Because of this, you will be armed with weapons that are non-lethal to anything with a heartbeat. This is a sawed-off, pump-action, soak-and-destroy water gun. Patent pending. Turns holy water into holy slaughter. <laughs> yeah, he, he also gives um, the camera guy, Klaus, he gives him, like, a UV light for his belt. And then what was the last weapon that he gives to Zoe? He just gives her, like, a, a steak sword, right, to... To impale a couple of also to for the show like how trash lars is when he first meets zoe you got that recorded oh yeah i do have that. that yeah um his first interaction with zoe he like is just very forceful and forward with her <laughs> on like a creepy level and uh i mean i guess lars's full character as a whole is supposed to be forward and aggressive but i have that clip too tell me zoe is it just me or is there some serious chemistry between us? That's just you. <laughs> the slapping noise of him grabbing her hand and placing it uh, on his own chest. chest. <laughs> that fresh pump from those push-ups. Yeah, he just got up from the ground doing a bunch of push-ups and everything. Uh, but yeah, they, they kind of come up with their plan. He divvies out the weapons, and they kind of set up the teams. And then Gwen's like, all right, what about me? What do I get? Where do I go? And he's like... <laughs> there's another scene that like the dialogue i was like ah because he's like no no you can't go in there you're just like a novelist everybody that's going here is a trained veteran <laughs> like he uses the term trained veteran we have lars as a reality tv show klaus is a cameraman and zoe literally just found out about vampires the day before <laughs> yeah. like nobody's a trained veteran except you like why is he using that terminology to describe anybody but yeah so this is just the scene where they basically are entering like the lair from like where the club is and everything from underground and it's like an old abandoned slaughterhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? And so they're they're going to go in there and do like the classic horror movie split up. But uh, Frog and Zoe are going to go one way and then Klaus and Lars are going to go another way. And this is supposedly where Peter is being held, who is Gwen's brother, which is the whole point of the mission. Uh, so they split up and uh, Frog and Zoe are kind of just like walking around having to deal with like kind of trying to like track vampires and things like that. But Lars and klaus actually come up on peter like immediately like Mm -hmm. 10 minutes into their search and while they're in there they come across him and like lars is just like doing monologues on video like we're here inside of this uh old abandoned uh slaughterhouse looking for the king of the vampires and it's also haunted and it's on an indian burial ground and what was the last thing he says he's like just like piling on weird stuff that's because yeah because like to him it's all just like a game 
And he mentions it yeah, to Klaus, too. He's like... It's a role-playing game, right? Yeah, he's like, this is some kind of role-playing game. He's like, how do you know vampires aren't real? And he's like, well, why would he have given me a super soaker if vampires are real? Goofy. Like, not understanding the plot of everything, but... Uh, they find Peter right away, and because he thinks this is a game, he's like, no, 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 we can't find the guy right away. Like, it's ha- supposed to happen at the end of the episode. He's like, all right, we'll leave him here. We'll go down this way, then we'll circle back and find him, and that's how we'll end the show. Uh, while they're doing this, this is where Frog and Zoe uh, bump into trash. <laughs> Johnny Trash. <laughs> uh, what was the line that he says, like, about the smell? He's just like, it, he's like, there's a, there's a bad smell, and he's like, and Zoe's like, yeah, it's a slaughterhouse. Like, I don't, I'm not talking about a normal slaughterhouse smell. <laughs> smells like trash and then of course it cuts to johnny trash's body hanging there's like johnny trash shout out to johnny trash everybody loves johnny trash got to so yeah um it kind of just cuts in between them and the other team which is lars and klaus everybody's just kind of messing around they they find like a weird metronome sitting on the table which i still don't understand the significance of that what was the point of them finding that it's just sitting there and it like distracts them it's like right before uh, Lars fights bald guy, bodyguard uh, vampire. But basically the big vampire comes across Lars and Klaus. Once again, Lars just thinks this is like part of the show. So he's like, all right, I'm going to fight this guy. And he kind of gets into a fist fight with him. And the guy's like just taking his punches and he knocks out one of his vampire fangs. And he like immediately like opens his mouth and regrows it. And then that guy has like a weird accent too. And he's like, I've been alive for 3,000 years and I've been waiting for a good fight. And so they get into a fist fight. That ends with that guy punching a hole through Lars's chest and ripping his ripping heart his out. throat out. I mean, his heart out. <laughs> yeah, which is just the most violent, like just like rip it out, beating heart in his hand, like kung fu movie style. Uh, well, he, he while he's doing that, he kind of just explodes and disintegrates, and you see that Klaus from behind like staked him in the back. So Lars is dead, and so is the big vampire guy. But then uh, Paula Patton vampire girl runs up on Corey Feldman and Zoe. And this is where we get a sword fight, which is, like, not the last sword fight. Corey Feldman's, like, apparently a swordsman in real life because he's, like, trying to get them to add as many sword fighting scenes as he can. <laughs> it was all his demand. Yeah, so um, I, I think it's, like, two-on-two fight. It's the two vampire girls versus uh, Zoe and Frog. And Frog straight up gets stabbed in the arm with a sword. And so, basically, Zoe has to take out uh, one of the vampires alone. And she does. She, like, pushes her and stakes her on, like, this, like, weird wire. Uh, what is that? It's, like, a just, like, a piece of construction. I don't know what that is. It's, like, that giant wire nail that, like, stabs her through the heart. Yeah, she gets him. Gets her. But, yeah, she, she disappears. And then uh, she picks up the water, the holy water gun, and starts firing at the Paula Patton girl. And she, like, Neo Matrixes on the wall, jumps on the wall, starts, like, running along it. And she gets away. We don't see Paula Patton for a while after that. Uh, but they, they pull the sword out of um, Frog's arm. And that's when they reach out to Klaus. They're, like, trying to call Lars. And, like, what happened to Lars? And he's just, like, he's dead. <laughs> like, I don't know. This guy, like, straight up pulled his heart out. And then I, like, stabbed the guy and he, like, exploded. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, it Like, uh, the fake Danny McBride is, like, freaking out. And uh, they all drag Corey Feldman back outside because he's, like, on the verge of death. And so they drag him out to Gwen. And Gwen's being, like, overly touchy and, like, oh, no, we have to save him. And they kind of keep cutting to Zoe being, like, this girl touching on Frog. But, yeah, uh, they're all regrouping. And Edgar's, like, where, where'd Lars go? And Klaus is, like, oh, he, you know, he got his heart ripped out and all that. And he's, like, I got it on tape, though. 
Oh yeah, I forgot which, about that. <laughs> which Edgar responds, "I'd like to see that when you get a chance." <laughs> it's just like clowning. Just nobody, him. yeah, nobody cares about. The funny thing is, early on, they kind of make it seem like uh, Gwen cares cares about Lars a little bit because she's like, "Keep him safe." Uh, to uh, Corey Feldman when he first goes in, but then after he comes out, she doesn't even ask. They come out without yeah, Lars, I mean. and she's just like, "Who cares?" Uh, but yeah, they they kind of like put a tourniquet on him. They do another little flashback to the original movie. And then Corey Feldman kind of wakes up, and he's, like, ready to go. He's ready to go. He, he yeah. ties his headband back he, on. He ties his headband back scene. on, which is all he needs to be, like, rejuvenated. He says something in Latin, and then they're just like, that means let's go get these vampires or something. <laughs> it's Latin for... Uh, it was inspiring. Get a Miss Vampiris. We're going to get these vampires. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is, like, final showdown. The new squad, instead of Lars, we have Gwen finally on their team. And she's in her, like, Lara Croft outfit, just mm-hmm. like a wife beater in short shorts. And they're all, like, running up into the rave. And this is, like, the the main rave that they were trying to get before. Uh, we should mention that in the rave, the vampires are just, like, tossing the, dr- the vampire blood drug out. And, like, everybody, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we see at least, like, 100 people take that drug. Like, people are just, like, they've literally created an army of vampires at this point. Rave life, cuz. Uh, DJX is up on stage. And they kind of find Peter. He's, like, tied to the center of the stage up front. Which, at this point, I was wondering in my head, like, why is Peter so special that they had this man, like, tied up? And the fact that they flew him out. Yeah, I was like, he's, he's like, the, the main... He's the sacrifice during the blood moon. I guess, yeah. He, that, that's what he's supposed to be the main sacrifice. But they have him, like, tied up in the center with DJ X. And then the only remaining vampire at this point is Paula Patton-looking vampire. And so it's like four against two at this point. So they, they kind of stop, come to the side, and they're going to come with a plan. So he goes, you still got that, like, alien bomb that, like, destroyed the motorcycle? He's like, yeah, I got it. He's like, all right, here's my plan. I'm going to run up on DJX. I'm going to throw it in there. We're going to, like, debilitate him and then get Peter down. And so while they're doing that, uh, the Paula Patton girl kind of, like, spots them and kind of cuts it short. And then we get, like, a full-on, like, fight one-on-one with uh, Corey Feldman and the Paula Patton girl. And while they're doing that, they kind of knock the bomb into, like, what what was that? Like, weird juice underneath the yeah, stage? Yeah, it looked like a Nickelodeon slime. Yeah, I don't know what the what that was or what the purpose of it was, but, like, under the stage where he's, like, his DJ booth is at, it's just, like, a weird green, like, pool of just liquid. like, you know, some rave visuals, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be something nasty there. Yeah. Just gross. something you don't understand. It's a, like, just party sweat. That's um, what I was thinking. <laughs> everybody at the rave was, like, sweating. It just pulls up at the bottom. Uh, but yeah, he get he he ends up taking um like a vinyl off of the turntable and he uses it to slit her throat, which like doesn't kill her, but it like debilitates her for a minute and then he stakes her in the heart and she disappears. So now we're just down to DJX versus the team. And uh, this whole time, that Klaus, that light that they give him that he straps to his belt, he's like using it to fend off the entire audience because everybody's a vampire now because like the 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 army of darkness has been created. <laughs> They've like given everybody that drug. And we get another sword fight from Corey Feldman. He needed at least two in his contract uh, because of, <laughs> because of his self defense classes that he's been working on. Uh, but yeah, while, while he's doing that, we still have Zoe like swimming through the juice trying to find the bomb, and Gwen's just kind of sitting there the whole time. Now that I'm thinking about it, like she never really gets involved. I mean, she's a, a vampire novel. She is. She's Again, just a novelist. I mean. Edgar told us <laughs> she's the only non-veteran. She's the only non-veteran. That's true. Uh, yeah, so uh, DJ X and uh, Frog are getting into this sword fight, and X kind of gets like the upper hand, has him on his back, 
and we see like the classic thing where like somebody off camera saves him and like puts his sword in front of the other sword and it's his brother alan he decided back yeah he decided to come come out of the slaughterhouse and uh he also has on like a, i didn't notice in the first shot that he also has the same kind of wig on <laughs> like oh no I, did, I didn't think about it when i first saw him in like the slaughterhouse but when he comes back he definitely has like that same kind of long wig and they do like the the fight from like wolverine origins like the two-on-one deadpool wolverine Sabretooth fight two brothers yeah one demon <laughs> they're, they're all fighting him and they still every once in a while cut back to zoe still looking for the bomb in the water it's ridiculous. She's like spending a lot of time looking for something that's clearly right there. She mad slimy at and this point. And that Nickelodeon gag. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all fighting and Klaus is like still fending them off with the light. And uh, she ends up finding it. And then so they set their plan into motion that they kind of just throw it. And it like stakes him. And it does like what it does to the motorcycle. It like kind of holds him in place. And they stake him in the heart. And that's it. They killed the Alpha. Is what It seems like everybody's like coming down from there like being on the drugs and being infected being vampires yeah because like the whole point of it is that like once the alpha since the the basically the poison is created from his blood once the alpha is dead it, they're all kind of like neutralized and everybody's fine so they everybody seems like they're coming down from it and Corey feldman's like all right everybody he likes making an announcement to the rave he's like everybody stay calm we've got it we saved the day and gwen runs over to untie peter she unties him, like kind of like kisses him on the cheek and hugs him. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad you're okay." And then they straight up start making out. Completely, hundred percent. Yeah, and then everybody's like, kind of looking like, "What?" She I just... think Corey Feldman's reaction because throughout this whole like film, he's been playing like this older or not even older, just an older kid. <laughs> His reaction to it was just like, like he didn't question. He was just like, "Ew!" Like <laughs> it, it was almost like a first grader seeing like a guy and a girl kiss for the first yeah. time. It wasn't like. Nobody's yo, he, he didn't like, say anything like, yo, why is this happening? You're, that's your brother. Nobody's reacting that strong because what happens is he's like, something weird's happening. And then it cuts to Alan and Alan's like, and I'm not talking about that. And he's like, I'm not. I'm still a vampire. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because Alan is like, um, something's not right. And Corey yeah. was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. She's kissing your brother on the mouth. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, look at me. Look at them. Like, something's not right. And everybody's still a vampire. And Peter gets up. And he's, like, scrawny, like, skinny-looking little boy, like, who you wouldn't expect to be anything. Turns out he's the alpha. And uh, they find it out because Zoe's, like, smelling the, the IV that they have in him. And she's like, this is garlic. So this whole time that they've been injecting him, they haven't been, like, drugging him. But they've, they've just been, like, they've just been subduing his power you. because that's what they're siphoning yeah, the so blood DJ out to create the drug. can take over and be the new alpha. It was, it's, uh, you know, some vampire infighting yeah yeah, he was, yeah dj was trying to be the new leader of it but they give it they do give us a cut to 1031 ad for a second for no reason yeah that was random as hell. <laughs> that was just really showing us that like peter what made it made sense because it shows like peter is like actually powerful. oh is peter peter pan the lost boys he's the alpha is that why his name's peter i don't know because it's the lost boys and when they cut back to 1030 ad he's like in the hood with all the boys running around i don't think that's and he, it he that's like said, wild. but he says the quote he's like uh like we're like we're never gonna grow old or something like that yeah we're never gonna grow old, i don't think we, i don't what, think that's a mistake that be. peter Maybe. is the leader of is the alpha that's of the crazy. lost boys i don't think so i feel like that's like really that's kind what's of interesting. The, um oh no wendy i was gonna say what's the girl's name yeah what if it was but gwen. No, her name is gwen peter Pan's is wendy a vampire <gasps> gwendy gwendy <laughs> gwendy you ever been to gwendy's peter pan's shadow yeah <laughs> <laughs> just naming things <laughs> 
Bro, Captain Hook. <laughs> Yo. The crocodile. I think we got it. Which one? All the connections. From man. Justin Justice League? <laughs> the crocodile. What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Justice League. The yeah. crocodile that took Cook's hand. Oh. Okay. It was like a big thing in I'm Peter tripping. Pan. I'm tripping. I was not not even Justice League. I'm tripping. I was thinking about Suicide Squad. Uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, my bad. Oh Lord Jesus. Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah. Basically, um, the whole thing that they've been doing is a lie and it's not her brother. It's her, I don't know, boyfriend guy that she's interested in, but basically her whole reasoning, she's not a vampire, which I thought for sure she was gonna be a vampire in the end. She's just a person, but she's helping them because the promise that they made was that if you help me, I'll give you like eternal life and you'll be a vampire. So she's like, I'm ready. Um, I don't wanna grow old, I'm like ready. And he's like, don't worry, you're not going to grow old. And he just murders her. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't even have to worry about this. He, completely, he completely turns on the deal. And uh, so, that yeah, basically Peter's the new uh, big bad and he's the alpha. So if you want, you know, his brother to c- turn back to normal or everybody else, they've got to take him down. So Alan and, uh, Alan and Edgar kind of go after him and they go back, like, deeper into the slaughterhouse. And this is where they have their little final fight scene. Alan gets caught slipping and gets like lassoed in like a chain noose and he's like choking him above hand and he gets his um oh we we didn't mention the good line of when uh when Alan first comes in to save him uh DJX is giving like a long monologue while he's like about to kill Hmm. Edgar and he's like do you know like the first rule of like fighting and like he's like saying that to Edgar and then like when Alan sword comes in he's like yeah don't monologue which is like a cool like, all those one-liners man yeah that was like a cool them like the trashing cliche movies that have like the the villain laying out there playing for you but yeah they do the final fight um where like alan is like being choked out by the chains and edgar is like fighting off um peter and the final shot where he's like about to kill peter he has him like choked uh oh no he um he uses alan against him because this part they don't explain, but I guess because he's the alpha, he controls whoever's. Yeah, but also the reason them. Edgar's so important is he, um, Peter uses Gwen just to get Edgar to him. The point being that Peter doesn't want everybody in the world to become a. Va- he doesn't want too many. Vampires. Oh, his plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You go. Yeah, it's you popula- can that. Yeah, it's population control because he knows like Edgar's super good at killing vampires. Mm. Because basically, does- X went crazy and made too many vampires. That's what he yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wants to cut down the vampire. That way, everybody can feed and be full and stuff. You know, it's like population control. You don't want too many deer because then the deer starve. And he was going to use Edgar for that point. Um, yeah, so he kind of tells yeah. him, like, you know, you you keep doing you, I'll keep doing me. Like, my people will feed and live on. And, like, you do what you're good at. You take the vampires out one by one. That way we don't have too many. And so he um, kind of, like, six Alan on Edgar because I guess he has control over whoever's blood is inside of them. Because since he's the main vampire, I guess all vampires are controlled by him. Which, I mean, at, at this point, well, there's no more vampires at all, right? Technically. Doesn't that cure world? all vampires? Huh. Because he's the alpha? Is that the whole point of like the whole ending twist? Yeah, thing? if you kill the alpha, yeah, all yeah. vampires are Yeah, dead. so... Anyway, they, they, yeah, he's been alpha for so long. So yeah. Like, every vampire in the world is probably... The vampires are just done now. Hmm. Dang, so I, don't they know, I don't know if they, they could do a That was a genocide. Boys. Yeah, I don't know if they could do it. Well, it would be about werewolves this time. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get <laughs> That's there. right. I forgot about that. <laughs> it was a good setup, man. Yeah. 2020, man. It's coming up. Anyway, they, they do sword fight number three. 
and <laughs> and this time it's between the brothers, the Frog Boys, because um, he's Alan's under mind control and Edgar's fighting him. He kind of backs him down into a corner and he's trying to do like the classic thing that like I know you're still in there, like don't do this type of deal. Um, he kind of seems like he's getting through to him, but Alan kind of picks him up and like chokes him up against the roof. And I guess the slaughterhouse. What is that like? Um, like like the water main or are those the 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 pump the pipes that are fueling that weird uh vat of water know, underneath the stage it could be pipes. yeah it could be as, as he's being choked up in the air edgar kind of reaches back and bursts a pipe and like sprays the water in the face of peter and peter's just looking at him like come on bro <laughs> what does he say when he gets hit with it doesn't he say something funny? I forget. Peter? <laughs> yeah, when the water like squirts on his face. I don't think he says anything. It's just no, his he look. Does. It's no, he does. He just like looks at himself, just like mad that he's wet. And he's just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, like, it just makes me breath. laugh because he's like, why, bro? Why did but you then, just do that? You go ahead. Explain what happens next. But then what happens is Edgar, apparently he, um, I don't know how blessing holy water works. He probably just has to be Oh, a the book? Remember Alan leaves him the old like spell book? Oh, that's book? how we learned to... Yeah. Bless. Yeah, so we, in this time, We skipped over that. Edgar's yeah, yeah. learned... He now can make his own holy water, so what he does is he crosses himself, says the, the right words, turns that water into holy water, boom, Alpha's dead. Yeah, because we, we left that part out early on in the film after Alan um, doesn't want to help him. He gets back in his car and Alan left like a old like uh, book about like how to deter vampires and create weapons and he like leaves a note and he's like this is one of the oldest books that exist on like defending yourself against vampires like sorry that i can't help you but it's just like not something that i can do um so i would assume he learned how to do all that from that book so alan ended up helping him in the long run but yeah he 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 does the cross and turns it into holy water and like that's it it's like a really cool way to like take out the bad guy i thought i was like that's i didn't see that coming at all he like explodes and you recorded that though right uh, oh yeah yeah i think i do have the um the way that he takes him out but yeah the whole thing it was just like really good the the it was it was just like a surprising thing that i didn't see coming i I don't have that one. Oh, i mean you filmed it we'll put it on instagram yeah, yeah I'll, we'll put that one on as the instagram clip but yeah as he's as peter's burning up he like does his sideways finger guns to him just like <laughs> f you and then it plays the title song right as that happens yeah it's perfect. yeah, yeah it's Sinks. perfect the way that the music comes in uh yeah but the that that's kind of like the way that they resolve the story alan kind of slowly reverts back into a normal human and he's like you with me bro and he's like yeah we're good they do, and like they do a, their the secret handshake and from the first movie yeah they <laughs> like, like fang check they both like check for fangs yeah that's cute that's cool the way that they wrapped it up was pretty nice um that's pretty much it everybody at the rave like goes back to normal they're just like okay now and the last shot is the comic book store Corey feldman's back hair pulled into a ponytail the wig doesn't look as ridiculous mm-hmm. anymore <laughs> and uh he comes back in with his books and Zoe's letting him know like hey i sold one of your books for like 300 dollars on ebay like 500 oh 500 he's like that'll handle the bank like nah, like, bro, they're not gonna do that evict for a while. Off me for if they're coming to evict you bro you definitely like more than 500 dollars. 500 dollars to solve everything and that adds more to his like little kids don't know how money works <laughs> yeah. he never grew up it's like that should be enough. That should hold me for at least five years. Jeez. That's at least like <laughs> fifty comic books. Ew. 
Uh, but yeah, they they introduced us back to Zoe, and now they like Zoe's like his full love interest, I suppose. But but Edgar's like something interesting in that book. Did you find out that he's like female werewolves? They can actually turn to a werewolf whenever they want. They don't have to wait till a full moon. That's a myth. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then and Zoe's she's like, like, oh okay, that's really. Then it cuts to like Zoe's eyes turn like yellow and werewolf. And she looks at the camera. It's the last shot up for that sequel. Yeah, it's the, the Michael Jackson voice. thriller shot where he like looks at the camera. <laughs> But yeah, Lost Boys or Lost Girls like in Third Edition. Lost and Found Boys. <laughs> and the Found Boys. <laughs> we gotta make that movie. Lost No More. The Found Boys. Out here looking for likings. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought the movie was really good. Me too. I think I, we all thought. I it pretty was, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it. we actually really enjoyed this. Like, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of us like, making fun of this movie at all. We kind of just went through the plot very matter of fact because I just legitimately <laughs> thought it was a good movie. It wasn't. There wasn't really anything to make fun of. Um, John, while you're looking at that, you want to touch on anything from the ten criteria list? Uh, I mean, number one, good story, great story, suspenseful. We didn't see that twist coming. Originality, pretty original. Most of the actors yeah. I thought were good. Yeah, pretty good. I, I don't pretty think good. anybody stood out as bad. Profound message. Are we about to go down this list? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so ready for this list, bro. Well, let, well, let's let's harp on actors real quick. So, Brandon, okay. as far as just on an actor level, who do you think was your favorite actor? Zoe. I, Zoe? I have it written down. Okay. Yeah. I just like her quirkiness. Like, she seemed very, like, normal in mm-hmm. the film. She didn't seem, like, too... Like a character. ...overdrawn. Yeah, it didn't seem like a character. It was, like, she's just cool. Like, I actually liked her, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, as a person. Like, yeah, she's kind of cool. I like I noticed what is it Lars right Lars yeah Lars, Lars I didn't like as a human like yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. the actor <laughs> just yeah, watching him yeah his acting wasn't amazing either but he was supposed to play like stupid douchebag reality mm-hmm. guy so I, I think he pretty much accomplished it I want to say Alan Frog mainly for the scene in the basement yeah Alan Frog is really because good. like the intensity in that scene like caught me off guard like that was early on so I was still expecting it to be kind of a silly movie and I was That's like true. oh okay <laughs> like here's what we're doing we're like doing actual good acting who's your favorite actor John favorite I don't know why you like Zoe so much I didn't like you Zoe. didn't like Zoe I didn't like Zoe he said favorite don't trash mine I'm gonna, I'm gonna trash yours I didn't like Zoe <laughs> it was the quirkiness was too much it was like a Zoe Deschanel thing but I mean her name is Zoe yeah, bro, um, let her yeah. be herself, man. <laughs> oh, I didn't like it. Anybody telling like you it. not to be a John? Yeah, I don't think she stood out in either regard to me. I didn't think she was amazing or trash. I was just like, she existed. I just liked her as a person. Um, I liked that one. I thought uh, Corey Feldman, Edgar did a good job. He surprised job. me, yeah. yeah. he did a good job. I thought I was going to get like sick of the voice early on. I was like, oh, this is going to be crazy for a full hour movie. And it was I fine. was mad about it at first. Yeah, yeah I have it, it translated pretty fine. It he cool. did a lot of... <sighs> I wasn't thinking he about does, it. He does a lot of grunts. A lot of deep He was like... What was he? He's like Wolverine mixed with. He's definitely doing the Wolverine thing, like the loner, with, uh, like uh, <sighs> Rambo. Rambo, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's the original joke of the old one. He mm-hmm. like puts the red bandana on, camo outfit, and he's talking like Sylvester Stallone. But I guess in this one, that's just it. Just slowly became who he really was <laughs> over time. Side note: Is that song you ever heard the song Red Bandana? Mm-hmm. It's like an old song. He was, was a red bandana. Is that song about Rambo? Cool. I doubt it. Is yeah. it older than Rambo? Yeah, Rambo's what early eighties. I feel like. Rambo? No, yeah, it might have been the eighties. Yeah, because Rocky it? Rocky came out what seventy four. I ain't that good with that. Yeah, I know but what song you're talking Rocky, about. Though. It's um the song that plays in the um the striptease scene in Death Proof. I think I know about it because like Joel Santana had a sample. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen the Grindhouse that like Tarantino thing? I don't think so. No, yeah, that's a good movie. You should watch that. But yeah, I think um, for the most part, uh, that came out long before Rambo. I could be wrong. Look up, see, look up when First Blood came out. But 
Yeah, worst actors. Uh, John says Zoe. <laughs> Even I don't Brandon say she's the worst there. actor. I just don't think she's a great actor. Yeah. Johnny Trash is trash. He's probably the worst. I was going to name Johnny Trash. I was going to say worst actor, definitely Johnny Trash. He was trash. Uh, yeah. What What is Three profound? years apart. Three years apart. So Rib and then the song came out. So the song might have inspired his get up. I doubt it. Or just <laughs> no, I mean, but red that, that, that song was pretty huge. Maybe. So it, it could have been like, oh, that red bandana is like a popular thing at this point. I don't know. I don't know. Conspiracy don't know. corner on Brandon today is that red bandana inspired most, Rambo. Most unimportant. No, not inspired <laughs> the movie. I'm saying y'all tripping, man. <laughs> Isn't that what you're yeah, saying? Not, no, I'm saying like you can have a not inspired the movie, but it can inspire his get up. Like there's things that happen in life that they put in movies after it happens, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, hot takes. Yeah, it's a hot take. Fuck what anybody got to say. It's a take. <laughs> take. It's hot, boy. Today's conspiracy corner is solely Brandon saying Red Bandana it inspired the movie Rambo. <laughs> it's conspiracy room. For, you feeling it. For the one of you that cared. Um, what, 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 what were we doing? A uh, profound message? Does this movie have a, a profound message? Holy Water Kills Vampires. I don't think it really has a message. Mm-mm. It's yeah, more just like a brotherhood, friendship. Yeah. It's about uh, brotherly love. It has messages, yeah. Don't trust a vampire to give you test, eternal test life. Test your drugs. Test your drugs. Don't do drugs. The message is not to do drugs. I mean, they make drugs look pretty cool, though. But they the all, raids, I the guess, yeah, they, cool they all do f- end up fine. You know, they're like looking, you know, they're, taking, who like, does, they're everyone... taking like vampire blood body shots off each other. It was cool. Yeah, we I skipped mean, over that where they're doing lines of vampire blood over I have that on, on just naked bodies. They do. I'm not, I'm not I think into that's EDM, dope for originality. But, yeah, I'm not into EDM, but they made the rays look cool. All right, we're going to start doing drugs <laughs> at raves next episode. Um, good setting. I thought everything was cool. Oh, realism, accuracy. This yeah. is realistic to vampire lore. They didn't stray. Yeah, I don't think they anything, it, any, nothing was too crazy. Yeah. a pretty heavy, good setting. Yeah. I was fully on board for the soundtrack. Was At I the only I one? Wasn't. At first I wasn't, because they were doing like this. Um, so the original Lost Boys has um, the songs called like Cry Little Sister or something. But it's like that's it's iconic for that movie, and they had like this weird pop alternative punk rock of, one. Yeah, yeah, it's the song that that plays in the beginning when Brandon was reading the summary, and like that was the menu song. We were like, oh no, this movie's gonna have a bad soundtrack. And then like increasingly over time, I was like, the soundtrack's dope. Yeah, it made sense with the movie. Yeah. Um, speaking on soundtrack though, they had a song that I'm. Oh yeah, talk maybe about it. Maybe it's a hot take too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I'm but pretty. Okay. I'm pretty sure Young Thug took that song. What's uh, the name of Young took, Thugs? Uh, language. So anybody that's heard language is the uh, it's the flip on Drake's um work. I forgot what the song is. I forgot what the name of that song was, but it's called the uh the language. And in the first verse, I'm he goes and David I got myself. And I thought it was kind of crazy how he was singing it, but hearing this the song in this movie, Devil Got My Soul, it's literally he's singing it just like him. So yeah, sounds like little uh little thugger. Yeah, we're gonna have Young yeah, Thug on the right. podcast next week to yeah, tell us Thug, about Thug. his. It um, makes it. I could see Thugger eating this, like watching this, <laughs> eating his hot Cheetos and uh, getting his IVs of his vitamins. He's very vampire-like. If oh, they do, sure. if they do a fourth one, he needs for to be the sure. new Alpha. He dresses like a vampire. Yeah, with he's the so perfect for a vampire outfits, movie. All the frills and stuff. Either a vampire or super skinny and tall. Or queen Joker. of the Queen of the Damn Two is gonna be starring in. It's still as, called Queen as of the Queen. He's still the Queen. Took Aaliyah's crown. Y'all are funny, man. I'm so with it. You not with it? No, nah, that's hilarious. Queen of the damn. <laughs> <Shut laughs> <up>. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that was it. Special effects, they didn't really do anything too crazy with the special effects. I thought all of it looked pretty good. I mean, once again, this was... That's why you rate it good, right? Yeah, once again, this is a sequel to, like, a major movie that came out, and it had a $4 million budget. This isn't like our previous movies that we saw, so I think they used everything pretty normally. Did we what? I was going to say, um... Let me touch on originality and or not originality, but good story and suspense. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the story itself was really good. I liked the dynamic between uh, the brothers. Um, it, it was they, they had they, a believable brother. Yeah, it made brother it made very yeah. it very much sense. Like I was I was happy to see when he, like when he came in, it was like a ex machina. It was like it actually made sense, and I was happy to see dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he was great. The, he was my favorite. I gotta look up more stuff. I agree. Been. Yeah, he was good. The twist ending was amazing. I actually do appreciate that twist because it was kind of. We kind of thought about it. We were talking yeah. about it out loud, but it actually was really, really good. It works too because of how you said it, how scrawny he is. Mm-hmm. It like they try to do it like where it's the most like unbeknownst character, and then you're just like, oh, the Macaulay Culkin guy is the bad just guy. Just the fact that then the works. brother ended up being mm. a dude that didn't even care about the woman who we thought she's searching for her brother. Like that, yeah. all that whole twist was amazing. Um, and then as far as the suspense in it, um, I think that reveal of who the alpha was was like a very tense mm. situation because we thought went, everything was over after yeah, they the went first the guy got killed like with the garlic and then they're like oh no one's changing and then mm-hmm. you kind of like see him rise up and you're just like ah this man is the one that's in charge it's kind of like um a, a bad example because they didn't do it well did you see wrinkle in time no i didn't oh yeah just do you mind if i ruin that movie for you it's not good mm-hmm. i'm fine with that um basically the whole movie you've seen the trailers for it chris pine it created like some kind of crazy science experiment that like sent him through another dimension um his daughter and like uh his, his basically his daughter and his son go on a mission to go save him and as they go on this mission traveling through dimensions and stuff like that little by little the daughter's like learning to accept herself and like see the inner beauty in her as well as the outer beauty and it's like a a coming of age tale for the daughter but the son who's like a little two-year-old kid turns out to be the bad guy <laughs> it's crazy like they go do like a full like 180 on him he's like the villain at the end how old is he he's like what i said two that's too young he's like five. Oh, but yeah like he's like they flip on a dime he's like cute little like silly kid and at the end you're just like oh no this guy's evil yeah it's really weird but um yeah no i liked the movie quite a bit and yeah i think the turn of her just being some like random novelist rather than being the main character mm-hmm. like is a good switch um we'll do the ratings um definitely doesn't deserve a zero it has yeah it has a rotten tomato score of zero uh, i'm gonna read some of the reviews which are making me a little mad right now are they all I negative like movie. Um, yeah from kevin carr a bucket of cheese <laughs> rating <laughs> one out of five you know that's what it. though these ratings might come from pure lost boys fans and they just don't like it I st- but still john's a pure lost boys fan. oh true he loves that, that yeah, but movie. you didn't see number two though i'm talking about people that seen all of them Oh, maybe. I don't. Everybody, everybody's hating on number two even more. In the oh, movie, shoot. So. Never mind. This one, Brian Orndorff. All right. He's got the most pretentious picture I've ever seen here. It's meager parade of drab kills and uninspired cartoon weaponry. Leaning on Feldman to bring Lost Boys magic he doesn't possess. That's crazy. Somebody find that man on Twitter and harass pull him. Up, pull up on Brian. <laughs> He's got a website, brianorndorff.com. Everybody go don't Brian go to Brian Orndorff. Don't go to Oh, yeah. Don't, actually, yeah. Don't give him the clicks. Don't give him the clicks. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked it quite a bit. Um, what score do you give it? What what score did we did we gave the forest like seventy something, right? Yeah, like sixty something. Sixty. Like yeah, that. I I I like this just as much, if not a little bit more. 
Um, I want to say I give this movie like a 65, 70. I'd give this like a 75. Yeah, It's yeah. like, it's nothing groundbreaking, but it's like, it's a fun vampire movie. I thoroughly movie. had a good time. I didn't think anything was like I'm, I might be a little stupid. biased. Like, I love vampire movies. I love the whole concept of vampires. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I give this like a 75. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, right now, Payne's crunching the numbers because when he does a rating on a movie, he makes sure it's mathematically correct in every way. I mean, Except really, for that, that one he did, he just added up like the first four numbers and then, <laughs> and then it was too much. Give us an average. Go ahead, Brandon. Let us know what what number have you arrived at. I don't know what to put for setting. Setting was fine. Give it a what? What's a C? Like a six. Oh no, like a seven. All right. Uh, we gotta do some robot noises as it's crunching the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna jump in. <laughs> Are you seriously about numbers. to just do the ten numbers? Me, y'all should y'all number. jumped into this before I was you need, done. You need my calculator. <laughs> well, I'm not even done like why putting the numbers thing? in. This is ridiculous, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, why y'all playing me? Let me do my thing. Man. All right, well let Brandon do his thing. Uh, we'll just talk some more about. Nah, nah. Go ahead. It's we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about the book. So, uh, John, it, it worked out well that there's a novelist writing vampire stories in this book because John because has a I little ordered, show and tell. Yeah, I ordered for like us. a used DVD that came from a library, and they were nice enough to throw in a random book for me. The title of this is what library is this? This is from uh, the good. Oh, my bad. It was a Goodwill. The Goodwill Industries of Michiana. I don't know where that Michigan. <laughs> I would I guess. assume so. I mean, you name your cities after your states, right? Michigan. You don't do that, but whatever. So yeah, I am. From, I am from Floriana. <laughs> Floridana is where Floriana, we recorded this podcast from. Yeah. <laughs> so the title of this book is called Blue Bloods, not to be confused with the uh, the baby Bo- the baby boomer TV show. <laughs> yeah. The show that your dad loves, not to be confused with that. Author Melissa De La Cruz. So, praise for Blue Buds. I'm reading the back here. This is probably the most accurate one from Kirkus Reviews. A juicy, voyeuristic peek into the lives of rich Manhattanites who happen to be vampires. So, I flipped to a <laughs> random page of this book. Also on it, it has like just a, a close-up neck shot of an attractive woman with some pearls. But she's got two fang marks in her. And check this out. On the title, it's indented hey. on, the, on the cover page. You're going to run your fingers over that. A little tactile pleasure right there. <laughs> so I flipped open to a random page in this book just to get a feel for it. Yeah, can you read us a little excerpt out of that, out of this romance vampire novel? I will. So here we go. No, we live forever, Mimi said airily. Like forever? Bliss didn't think she could handle that. How could she live forever exactly? Like, wouldn't she get all wrinkly and stuff? Like forever, Mimi echoed. What about the silver stake through the heart? Only if it's from Tiffany's, Mimi cackled. She took a sip of her Pellegrino. There it is. is. And then I'll skip to the next page. I like this. What about sucking blood and all that? It's fun, Mimi said, her eyes glazing over dreamily, thinking about her Italian hunk. Better than sex. Bliss blushed. Don't be such a prude. I've had tons of humans. You're like a vampire slut, Bliss joked. (laughs) <laughs> it, the, the weirdest thing about these like uh the young adult vampire novels is like uh Corey feldman kind of says it in this movie they try to like over like sexy it for like vampires are sexy though you know you're uh, sucking blood they i guess yeah but they haven't always been they've always been like they haven't that there was like a dracula and all that stuff yeah at some point it shifted was. over because that's what we're saying like the twilight books is just like sex you know what? and vampires you know was it twilight shift that shifted was? it it was probably Lost Boys that shifted it. The original Lost Boys. Oh yeah, maybe. Because Lost Boys made vampires cool. They made them like sexy rocker guys. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that was like. The what if shift that was of it? it? 
And now they're like, this is just that all that uh, those lines were just the regret. Oh, yeah, maybe. this is just like we created a monster that we can't uh, t- put down. Um, yeah, because like all of those um, like vampire books, like Fifty Shades of Grey started at like that lady who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey wrote those books as Twilight sexual fanfic. Yeah, Twilight fan. And then when they got big enough, she just you know basically changed like the shell of it. Like, all right, instead of vampire this guy and vampire this girl she just changed the name to new characters and like just published it as her own book so like i mean it birthed like Pitty shades of gray is not like a young adult book though which is weird because it's like based off of that i don't know it's a weird thing i don't know we don't need to go into it brandon you got your yeah, rating you buddy your score? 70 <laughs> a round number <laughs> literally added up to that no at no words we got any final thoughts on vampires and vampirism in America? Vampires in Harlem. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of. Eddie Murphy. Tell us about vampires in Harlem with Eddie Murphy. Was it? I don't even know if it was called that. Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy? He's in that too. He's a vampire. He's a, he has a vampire movie. Does he? But I don't remember it. I was young. Yeah. That was uh, Coming to America. Okay. Oh, yes. Coming to America, mm-hmm. the vampire film. Um, I guess we could mention other good like movie recommendations for vampire ones. I mean, there's the Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, oh yeah. What? No, don't Dust say to- that. Don't say that. Because oh yeah. That ruins yeah, the whole. Twi- yeah. No. There's Ignore no vampires me. in Dust Till Dawn. There's no vampire. <laughs> I, re- I repeat. All of my favorite movies have that big reveal then. From Dust Till Dawn and I Am Legend. <laughs> but that, that I, ruins, I don't think that's a reveal. That ruins. Well, it is. You is don't it? know that they are till like uh, a good couple minutes into the movie. A couple minutes. That, that doesn't count as a reveal. Like, no, like 30 minutes. minutes. You don't see the first hemocyte until when uh, in I Am Legend. Like 30 minutes into I the guess, movie, right? I guess, but like, you know that. Because the, like, the implication is that he's just the last man, and then oh, you start to see them oh, running right, around. Oh, right, yeah, you're right. I don't know. But, they mention him in this movie. Uh, in part of, like, the villain's monologue, he's like... Uh, uh, Edgar, you're, you've ended up like Robert Neville. I don't know. I thought you want to be the last non-vampire out here. Mm-hmm. And it's called Vampire in Brooklyn. Wrong borough. Oh, you've seen that movie? Mm-hmm. What's it about? It's Eddie Murphy. He's a vampire in Brooklyn, man. I mean, there's no plot. He's just a dude I, I was living younger. his everyday life. I don't life. really remember. Oh. I think Snoop Dogg might have been it. I might be tripping, though. Brandon, you see any good movies lately? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I haven't watched any movies. TV shows, podcasts, anything? Chance the Rapper's uh, podcast with uh, Joe Biden, uh, Joe Budden's podcast featuring Chance. The Joe Biden podcast. The Joe Biden <laughs> That'd have been podcast. Interesting. Yeah. Budden, Budden with Biden. Budden and Biden. It was pretty lit, man. <clears throat> You're saying that it has like a lot of interesting stuff about independent, independent artists. artists. And stuff. I mean, yeah. people have been questioning this man's independence since he came out, and he's always defended it. And this is the first time we actually heard an explanation behind it. So mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. Because Joe Budden couldn't even question it anymore, and he's been the biggest hater of <laughs> Chance's independence. So, yep, I'm happy about that. Yeah, that's cool. I I um just finished one podcast and started another one. I'll mention them both because they're really good. Uh, the first one's called Up and Vanished. It like follows the case of this woman who went missing a bunch of years ago, like 12 years ago. And the police kind of just super dropped the ball on the case and never caught anybody. And uh, the guy's name is Payne Lindsay. He, like, sets up a podcast where he goes to the city and, like, does, like, some investigative journalism work. And pretty much, uh, I don't think it's spoiling much, but I'll say because of the podcast, like, there's a solution to that whole case now. So that show is really cool. And I finished that one. And then I just started a podcast called In the Dark, which is about a boy who was kidnapped. 
um, like 20 something years ago and same kind of deal cold case with the cops they didn't they might not have done what they should have done and there was like a lot of missed calls and weird things that happened and this girl was like going back over there and combing through everything and working her way through I don't know what the ending result of that podcast is yet but I'm enjoying that one a lot I think I have a conspiracy right here actually we have this giant Heineken bottle <laughs> sitting next to us on this table what is this how many ounces is this um it says what is that oh it's a three quarts it's a three quart heineken bottle yeah i found and this in an abandoned storage unit and i think it's got a vampire at the top at the cap oh does it or is that a is that a gargoyle a vampire bat it what's may, the relationship maybe it's a gargoyle. vampires and gargoyles gargoyles are are they based on a real th- like um like thing in lore or something is it because I, I used to watch the show gargoyles i'm wondering is that like a folklore thing that like at night they like come alive or something or is that something original that the show created because i mean they just look like weird stone creatures i don't know much about gargoyles my gargoyle knowledge is uh, limited to a hunchback of notre dame let's wake everybody up at the end out with the big bargain Ninja boys i'm ray i'm Payne. i'm john Tune in next time for something more uh, back to our regularly scheduled stuff and probably not any more horror for a while. But happy Halloween, everybody.